Saturday, June 4th, Memphis Wrestling is live at the Memphis Zoo. Join us for Zoo Rendezvous featuring live matches from Memphis Wrestling. Get your tickets and more information at memphiszoo.org. June 12th, we will crown a brand new women's champion in our gauntlet for gold too. Rebel Kell returns to Memphis. June 18th, Memphis Wrestling returns to Black Rock, Arkansas, benefiting the Black Rock Entertainment Committee, featuring The Gun Show one-on-one with K-Tumor. And just announced, Knicks versus TDT in women's division action. All tickets are on sale now. Get yours right now at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com. American Hostile Championship Wrestling returns to Poplar Bluff, Missouri, June 18th at the Knights of Columbus Hall at 2280 Grand Avenue. Front row tickets are $15 and all other tickets $12. For ticket information, call 573-772-9099. That's 573-772-9099. Featuring Justin Case, Big Jack Parker, The Moonshiners, Denzel Rollins, The Young Goes, Chris Slammer, Addison Kane, the L.A. Hustlers, and Papa Bluff's own R.W. Hardy returns to American Hostile Championship Wrestling. Plus, added to the card is a 170 MMA title fight as bad boy Mark Southern Jr. goes against the warrior Richard Moe. That's right, Papa Bluff, Missouri, June the 18th, 7.30 p.m. subject to change follow American Hostile Championship Wrestling on Facebook by searching American Hostile Championship Wrestling join us for our 5th annual all episodes Memphis in May Featured Justin Cole, The Young Goats, The Posse, Justin Starr, Missouri Renegade, and many more. All episodes, Memphis in May. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition. Hey, just a quick reminder, subscriber of $5, $7, or $10 at www.patreon.com slash shooting the shiznit without a G. That's right, shooting the shiznit without a G. This episode is also brought to you by SpunkLoop.com. Remember when you're getting funky like a monkey, if you know what I mean, use Spunky. That's right. Go to www.spunkloop.com and tell them STS Pod sent you. We can all help prevent suicide. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline provides 24-7 
free and confidential support for people in distress and also prevention and crisis resources for you and your loved ones. Call 1-800-273-8255. Dino Studios in Jonesboro, Arkansas. This is a STS Pod Todd Club production. I am BT, and that guy right. Wait, other way. There, other there hand. we go. Oh, right yeah. there, right there. This guy right here. Don't ever, right here. ever call him buddy, pal, mate, or chief. Chief. Don't tell him to have a nice day nope. because it just makes you. A fucking weirdo. He's the snark of excellence. My partner in crime, Lance Levine. And hold on, Lance. Hold on, Lance. We have to introduce him. Right. Welcome there. to the show tonight. He has the biggest brain in Illinois. He's quadruple vaxxed. He trademarked Cody Burks. And he can't decide if Hangman or Yabushi is his Valentine. He is All right, and they're both from Chicago, the home of WNBA World Champions, the Chicago Sky. And just where you know, Chicago Sky, they play the Atlanta Dream on Friday in Atlanta mm-hmm. at 6.30. Tickets are available. And before I say anything else, shout out to John. I hate these two guys right here, John. Yeah. I love you. I love you, John. <laughs> I don't like these. At least somebody from Chicago is not an asshole, okay? And I appreciate it. I love you, John. I, I'm disputing John. that Eric has John. the biggest brain in Illinois. I'm disputing that. I wanted that. I want a, uh, a a recount on that one. All right, all right. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Hey, yesterday we did the record store. You did the record store, Lance. And tomorrow we have Big Swole. Right here. Just Loose Cole. opinions. Just a Excellent uh, album. All Thank right, you. all right. So, guys, we do we do hits, misses. What else do we do? Uh, MVP. What do you look forward to for TV this weekend? Must, must see. see. We're doing it for double or nothing. Uh, Sunday's pay per view AEW. First of all, how the hell are you two guys doing? I'm doing excellent. I'm off. I'm jetting off to Miami in a matter of hours. So I have work meetings in Miami. It could be in a worse place. That's for damn sure. But I will be in Miami for the next three days. Thank you, sir. 
And how about you, uh, Eric? I do see what it says. You're very sad about Hangman losing the title, and I do apologize for that. Hopefully he can muscle through the show. You know, between Hangman losing the title and Kota Ibushi being at open war on Twitter with New Japan Pro Wrestling, it has not been a good month for me to be a fan. That plus, I think that AEW double or nothing, it's still going on. I don't think it's over yet. Oh, man. And we will talk. I want to say coming up next week sometime after uh, he gets done with his shoot job stuff, we'll be doing WTF. And I think we will be talking about Ibushi. So there you go. Uh, so let's just get started. Lance, you go first. Hits. I, you know, Eric, I kind of, you, you took the thunder. It, it, I think it led right into raw actually on Monday <laughs> night. So anyway, all right. So yeah, we're talking about double or nothing. The pay-per-view that happened a couple days ago. So as you know, BT, I invented the list. So I got the list right here. Richard did not invent the list. I invented the list. I don't care what he says. So I have a number of bests. Uh, the Bucks. Hardy's impersonation is one of the funniest goddamn things I've ever seen. I'm even willing to accept uh, Brandon Cutler as Lita with the thong sticking out. I'm even willing to accept that. Which was is that shown... on the pay per view? Was that? Uh, on the... Yes, uh, they it did was on do a rampage. They, they it was on rampage. Has they did both. With the double no, or they nothing. did both. They did some at Double or Nothing too. So they were anyway, dressed as half... Elvis at Double or Nothing. Yeah, they was dressed as Elvis. I think he's confused. All it this work the, he's doing. The it's body, the body. It's the hair gel experience. with the spikes. The, I think. Yeah. <laughs> The gesticulations, that's what it was. I know I'm using those big words because I'm trying to have the biggest brain in Illinois. So second half of the Death Triangle match, I thought was state-of-the-art, really good. Paige Van Zant, not bad for a first match. I thought she looked good and performed well. Uh, Stadium Anarchy was phenomenal, fun as hell. But I will say the best part of the night for me was the Martha Hart walking out and Martha Hart's speech and Tony Khan literally sobbing as he's walking her to the Ugh. stage. I thought the crowd respected it so much. I thought the crowd treated it with the right proper decorum that wrestling crowds are not famous for. Uh, so for me, that was the best part of the night. Um, the main event was obviously excellent. I'm sure somebody's going to mention that here. Uh, but yeah, I just, I really enjoyed the, the, the moment, the, the emotional moment of the Martha Hart speech after the, when Tony Khan brought her out. So that was my favorite. So Eric, what about you? Well, until the last four matches on Double or Nothing, I was perilously close to giving it a thumbs down or a thumbs in the middle. It, mm -hmm. The show was just dragging, and there were all these unnecessary matches that could have been saved for Dynamite or Rampage. Uh, but the last four matches really did save this bloated show. It, they started with the women's title match. They started to dig out of the hole they had been digging all night long. Rosa and Deeb didn't get molten heat or anything, but they put on a very good match that seemed to stabilize things. Uh, and then you had the 10 man that, that brawl arena brawl was just insane. It has the, what will become an iconic part of AEW video lore forevermore with Eddie Kingston bloody as hell and uh, coming out with a gas can and pouring gasoline on people looking like he wanted to literally murder somebody. Uh, that thing just energized the crowd and we had a, then we had a tag title match that was an AEW style spot fest, and things started to more resemble an AEW pay per view. Finally, at last, mm -hmm. three hours in, and then the main event delivered big time with story and layout and match results. I know that I uh, my my little message says that I am sad about Hangman losing the title, and I am, but I don't think it was the I think it was the right decision for business. There are so many money matches uh, featuring a heel or face or tweener uh, Punk. 
against, you know, half, half the top guys on the roster going forward. So it's, it really sets up an exciting next period for, for AEW. How about, uh, what did we miss uh, BT? Well, I, I just probably piggyback what y'all are saying, probably since I'm the third man here, but uh trio's match to me was uh, with death triangle and house of black was just tremendous. I, I loved every bit of the minute of that. It's weird how Phoenix has a great match, huh? Well, wow. Every time, every time. Anarchy, arena. Dude, you know how bad Kingston hates Chris Jericho? He, he poured gasoline on him. Y'all know burn how expensive gasoline is. Jesus, <laughs> he's got to hate him. And Bucks and Hardys uh, goes to fun, solid match. And also, one of those matches where people say, the Bucks can't work, all they do is spots. That was a worked match, and it was very – I liked it all. I liked those three matches, but they all three were different, and that's one of the things I like about AEW is we get all the styles, all of it all wrapped up into one. All right, Lance, your misses. Misses. So I am actually going to jump right on something you just said. Have the Hardys lost a step or 27? I mean, that match, I'm sorry. They pulled the Bucks down to one of the worst Bucks matches I've ever seen. It was like they were working in quicksand. It just was not, it did not deliver. Uh, I feel like the Bucks had to keep on slowing down everything to to pacify the Hardys. And it's too bad. I love both of those teams. I, the, the Bucks are the greatest of all time, as I've gone on record as saying. Hardy's phenomenal. I mean, just, but have they lost a step? Like I said, maybe they've lost 27. So that was one of my misses. MJF getting in zero offense. That whole thing. I know we're going to talk about that whole thing. It was just weird. I don't know what the hell to make of it. Uh, We'll talk about it, I'm sure. Uh, The Darby, Allen, and Kyle O'Reilly match was surprisingly disjointed. It just... For two great wrestlers, you know why, don't you? You know why? Because he got knocked out. God, he kicked him hard. Did you it, see his mask? Yeah, oh, yeah that, that was probably yeah. part of it. So um, I didn't like the fact that the uh, as much fun as the Anarchy match was, the fact that it wasn't pre-taped, you missed so much of it because the cameras could only right, be in right. one place at a time. So that was the only thing I was complaining about with that match. I loved it. I thought it was fun as hell. So, But I would say the biggest miss for me and Eric kind of referenced it, was the first hour just dragged and dragged, and it just seemed like it was never going to end. I was waiting and waiting for something to light me on fire, not Eddie Kingston, but something to get me excited and motivated, and that the Bucks match was such a disappointment to me. That fucking Danhausen bullshit before the, the, the actual card started. That was uh, perfect. Anna Jade could not lead Jade Cargill into a decent match. Jade is great. We love Jade. Great charisma, great character, great everything. But, man, she needs a ring general to get her through a good match. And Anna Jay was not it. So, for me, the biggest miss was just that bloated, that perfect word for it, that first hour completely unnecessary and made the rest of the card so such a hole to get out of. Like you said, Eric, it was a perfect way to put it. Um, could have gone three, three and a half hours max, and that card would have been so much better. So, that for me, that was the biggest miss. Eric, what, what was the misses for you, sir? I think you're reading off my notes, sir. The first hour of this bloated show yeah. <laughs> that the end. So this MJF thing is a squash and it's either if it's a work, it's too cute by way more than half. Right. I don't mm-hmm. it's it's not 1995. We have the Internet. Literally, people were checking MJF's flights, you know, flight itinerary in real time, allegedly. So it, it's hard to pull a Brian Pillman-esque work. Let's work the boys in the back, right? Uh, Vince Russo working the boys anymore. Um, 
and it was a squash. He, you know, if it wasn't a work and it was a shoot, uh, that match had been talked about as for second from the top, right? In yeah. all the graphics, it was right after Punk uh, Page, yeah. and so all of a sudden, day of the show, it's the curtain jerker, and uh, MJF gets no offense in, does a stretcher job, which you know, uh, I, I more than one person has commented in the old school territory days, that's what you did to somebody when they were leaving the territory. They did a stretcher job, you buried them because you weren't going to see them again. Um, you know, we'll always have the mystery of the plane ticket that was never booked, or maybe it was booked, or maybe somebody uh, doctored something. You know, it was, I guess, right? I find the whole thing very silly. If MJ, if it's a shoot, MJF uh, had the good sense to return and put over Wardlow, so that was that was good of him. And I, I don't know why he's having this meltdown now when he's still got 18 months left on his deal. He has a contract. Con- yeah. He wants Tony more Cons- money. More money. It reminds me of NFL. You have really a contract. Bad. You've signed a contract. Honor the contract. Yeah, yeah and I think he, he, if he, if it's because he saw sees how well Cody's getting treated and how much money Cody's getting paid, well, then, Great. you know. Uh, Be out of contract wait. then. Yeah. Use the, I mean, the perfect thing is to have the two sides bargaining against each other, negotiating against each other, and you get more money. And, you know, Tony Khan very well could, he's kind of a stubborn guy. Uh, he could sit this guy out for 18 months mm-hmm. and then he's uh, forgotten about, you know, when he, when he appear, uh, debuts in WWE. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll see going forward what's up with that. Uh, I think. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported that there was supposed to be a meeting uh, Memorial Day or Tuesday between the two. So we'll see. Uh, Jade and Anna was oof. The Hardys are just done. Uh, Jeff either got knocked silly or something else was going on. He got knocked silly, yeah. And, and you you know, you could see the Bucks telling him what spots were next as they were laying Mm -hmm. on the mat. It was... um, it was kind of uh, he was gone, of, guys. He was knocked completely out. They should have went to the finish at that point. But I enjoyed that match. I can't believe I didn't enjoy that. So, and uh, I mean, I think I had high expectations, right? I was hoping for a five star classic that the Bucks yep. pulled Wouldn't out of. Be that. Just, They're too old for that. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Um, but you know, I think th- the the proof we have of that is that on Dynamite this week, Jeff Hardy was taken out of that ten man tag, as was Adam Cole on the other side. So. Jeff Hardy maybe getting some time to recuperate. Uh, and the other miss for me was that Cole, Adam Cole and Samoa Joe, I had really high expectations for that match. They didn't have a ton of time, and it kind of underperformed for me. Uh, BT, what clean it up. What, what did I uh, You know, I, I liked the match when I told you, the Anarchy Arena match. I liked it, but I don't like blood out in the crowd like that. I know that's being kind of picky, but I just, I've oh. been there. I've been at a match where the blood got into the crowd, and I just, I freak out with blood, guys. And I just, I hate seeing that much blood all over the place. A little too long for me personally. Uh, too many matches that could have been on television. Uh, what was it? Four and a half hours. I watched it in two settings. So I, uh, I did not like the finish of the main event when it came to Paige with the title. Uh, I thought it made him look like a puss that he just felt so nice. He wouldn't hit uh, CM Punk with the belt. So what a I did not, baby face. I did not like that. I did not like that. Uh, Martha, uh, Hark, let me go ahead. I'm going to heal on this, okay? That was Ooh. the most boring shit I ever watched. <laughs> oh, I fast-forwarded fast it. I fast-forwarded <laughs> I don't give a shit about it. And, oh, who's going to win the two belts? Oh, they came out dressed like Bret Hart. Maybe maybe yeah. they'll win. Telegraph. Uh, Telegraph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Ross. Oh, guys, he is <laughs> god-awful. He <laughs> wants to do nothing 
but make all the talent look bad. He, What'd you he, say, Pete? That's a very Jack good observation, Pete. Jack Perry. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Horrible. He says, makes him look stupid. Talking about Ricky Starks when Starks was doing the walk, and I'm like, that's what they're doing. I don't think Jim understands the way the business has evolved to where they do things in between spots. He don't understand that, and he thinks I'm so sick of him saying, "Well, they should have covered him." Should have covered it. Well, it makes the worker look stupid. Yeah. Uh, just the call for the main event, I actually turned it off during the last 10 minutes. I was so sick of Jim Ross. I turned off the sound, not the match. Uh, overall, I thought it was – I thought the same thing you guys did where I thought, well, maybe the first part of this show wasn't as good as we're used to. But I did the overall ratings, and by the way, I thought the buy-in match was perfect for what it was supposed to do. Uh, but overall, not including the buy-in, I gave it 3.8 average ratings. So that's not bad for setting through a pay-per-view. I just think it was way, way too long. So, Are you enjoying the episode? Well, cash app us. That's right. Dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. You don't have cash app? Download it and get $5. That's right, $5. That's dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. Dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. Hey, just a quick reminder, subscribe for $5, $7, or $10 at www.patreon.com slash Shooting the Shiznit without a G. That's right. Shooting the Shiznit without a G. Hey, use our Uber Eats code Eats Dash Brian T two four seven nine O U E. That's Eat Dash Brian T two four seven nine zero U E. Use that code and get twenty dollars off a twenty five dollar order. Hey, I just want to take a moment to tell you about Athletic Brewing Company. This might sound strange to some people, but ABC makes non-alcoholic brews. That's right. I like to taste the beer with my food, but not the alcohol. If you go to tiny.one slash stspod2022, that's tiny.one slash stspod2022, and try a six-pack, use that link. If you buy a six-pack, you get one for free. Athletic Brewing Company. Shooting the Shiznit is exclusively sponsored this month by SpunkLube.com. SpunkLube is an award-winning personal lubricant that's fun. SpunkLube is available in four varieties, hybrid, pure silicone, natural, and pink. The newest addition to the Spunk Lube family is Spunk Lube Pink. The pink formula is colorful and fun to use. It's a special hybrid formula that's non-sticky and non-staining. All of their products are shipped in discreet packaging from D Enterprises. Please go to SpunkLube.com and order a unique, fun-to-use personal lubricant. I would like to tell you about Shangri-La Records in Memphis, Tennessee. They are our sponsor for all episodes Memphis. In May! 
all the live feeds, and the record store. So Shangri-La is the South's most rockin' record store for over 30 years! Named one of the top record stores in the country by Rolling Stone, Paste Magazine, Business Insider, Southern Living, and once featured on DH1's Soul Cities, if you can believe that. They specialize in Memphis music, but they also carry vinyl, CDs, DVDs, VHS, posters, books, magazines, musical, stereo equipment, turntables. I need me a new turntable, so I'm going to be hitting them up for that. All manner of pop culture memorabilia. It sounds like my kind of place. We buy, sell, and trade all of the above. They'll, they'll, work, they'll hook you up. So they're located at 1916 Madison Avenue in Memphis, Tennessee, and you can even look for them on Facebook. So look up Shangri-La Records in Memphis, and thank you for sponsoring us. All episodes Memphis in May. Three point uh, eight. I had a couple. I had a couple misses that I forgot to to shoehorn in. Me too. In Let's go back. Notes. No, so. no, we ain't doing that. MVP, Lance. Kyle O'Reilly's permanent back hickeys. That's another one. And His getting what? a headache from uh, who's the heel and who's the face in the Sammy uh, Guevara match. Because they were like all heels for the most part. So, for, all right, me, what was the question? Oh, wait, Eric had for, some For me, too. it was all the debuts. So I know Tony Khan likes to do them at pay-per-views and they're a booking crutch for him. But Athena, the former Ember Moon, you know, I didn't think... People were saying she got a great pop. It didn't seem like that to me. And then Stokely Hathaway Who cares uh, about that guy debuts in the same segment. And it's like when you're debuting two people, you're taken away from, you know, you're, you're taken away from things. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, he's going to be better able to talk for Jade, who's best when she's dish- dishing out one liners like cut the shit, Tony, <laughs> and look like a badass. And then Roosh. I mean, it was just shoehorned in yeah. needlessly. Andrade's on his vaca- on his honeymoon. Why do we need to debut Roosh? Why can't you save that surprise for Wednesday's Dynamite from L.A.? Yeah. Um, good luck trying to get that guy the job, and he's nothing special in the ring. Uh, does have a ton of charisma, but I, I just wh- it was just buried on this show. Why not save something for Wednesday? Yeah, I agree. I agree one hundred percent with Roosh. I'm a big fan of Roosh, but it just not not. I think yeah, it's because like- he's so handsome. Like you but, said, uh, I mean, they could have run that on Wednesday. There was no need to show an Andrade video. Guys, know, you, guys, come on. Stay that. in format. Stay in format. Jesus all right. Christ. All right, MVP, MVP. MVP. All right. I know I was leaning towards Martha Hart, but I got shamed into Ugh. not picking Martha Hart after that. So I'm going to just go the tried and true route. I'm going with CM Punk for the Chicagoan winning the title. I would have put him over in Chicago at all out. But this is making me think that either all out may not be in Chicago this year. Cause Tony has, uh, you know, t- teased that it might be elsewhere. So I don't think they could have, they could have dragged it out. They could have done some kind of schmoz finish where punk and, uh, and hangman end up tagging together. Cause they both get their asses kicked and they have to tag for the summer or something. And then they, f- they match them up again in the fall at all out. But I will say Punk winning the title was majestic. The match was great. Technically, best match of the night for me. Um, and I just put CM Punk over on top. Like you said, it opens up so many opportunities for great matches and great feuds that he can be doing. Go face, go heel, whichever. Um, that was an interesting thing, too, is every week it was paid or a hangman was a, fa- a heel. Then the next week, Punk was the heel. And then it went back to ha- it's just really interesting play on that. So. I hope the feud is not over. I'd like to see a rematch, but that's usually not how uh, AEW works. But I'll say MVP is CM Punk for the night. Phil Brooks, we call him Phil Brooks on the in the business. <laughs> Inside. So, 
Yeah, that's right. So, Eric, who was your MVP? Martha Hart? Uh, Martha Hart's hat, maybe? That big, giant, oh, white hat? From the Kentucky Derby. She wore yeah. that to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you got to repurpose things in life. So <laughs> my MVP is the guys in the 10-man arena brawl that saved the show. This show was stuck in the mud. It was bloated. It was too long. There was not, you know, the women's match was good, but it didn't have great heat. And then the energy in the whole building just picked up during that brawl and stayed up for the final hour of the show, which is weird, which is no easy task. You know, having been to a lot of these AEW long pay-per-views, it's hard to keep your energy up for that many hours. But it's almost like the crowd was saving their energy for the last hour, and that's what what sparked them. So uh, it's it, it was definitely what you come to expect from AEW to pay-per-view. And the finish sets up a blood and guts rematch over the summer or maybe at All Out, which I think... I think Tony Khan kind of cleaned up the Chicago part in the pre-show presser. He sort of hinted about how traditions are important to him, and but we'll see. Um, BT MVP. I got to give it to Punk. Everything Lance said, uh, I got to give it to him. I, I felt like it was a great storyline, except for like he said, switching back and forth, heel baby, heel baby, who's who's the heel, who's the baby kind of thing. But but just had it was a good it was a good wrestling moment. I think with Punk coming back and mm-hmm. and, and just winning the belt and him, his reaction was just fantastic with the whole crying and everything. Uh, and I I did not cry. There was something in my eye at the time. I just want y'all guys to know that. So I did not cry. Uh, real quick, Patreon, subscribe now. Lance needs some pork and beans. Pork and uh, beans. We have three Patreon shows that are released at least 30 days before it goes to the main feed. Guys, $5. Come on, come on, come on. So what do There's you want? The wall of CDs. I need more CDs. Yeah, so. he needs more CDs. Yep. I'm bragging. Uh, so what do uh, you look forward to on this week's TV show next, this coming week's TV show? Well, I mean, I was going to say, does hangman go heel? Because I thought that kind of could lead it to that direction, but I don't know. I mean, like we, we just mentioned a few times they went back and forth on that. So I'm just going to go the, the tried and true route on this one too. Where is MJF and what's the explanation where, what are they going to craft out of all of this? Are they just going to ignore him? You know, he was stretched out. They're saying he's going to, he, you know, contractually he was taking time off anyway or something. You know, he's on vacation, whatever the case may be. So I don't think Tony Khan can just leave well enough alone. I think they'll address it. I don't think they're just going to ignore it and let it go for a couple weeks. Uh, plus, you're going to have Wardlow is there now. So Wardlow is signed. You know, Wardlow is now all elite. So, and I heard Vince made him drop his first name, but that that's a rumor. Um so, yeah, just for me, it's basically where are they taking this MJF saga? How much of it is real? How much of it is shoot? How much of it is work? You know, let's go from there. Let's see what they do with it. So it'd be interesting. Like we said, the man has a contract for another year and a half. So get your ass to work, son of a bitch. That's what I have to say. So, Eric, what are you looking forward to? It's got to be Hangman in some form or fashion. Um, I'm actually interested to see the direction they go with Punk. Are they going to do a slow heel turn? Uh the, the the angle the week before last Wednesday's uh, dynamite to set for that match, I it I didn't understand it uh, at the time, but now that I've heard everybody talk about it, it seems like what Paige was implying was that Punk is not the smiley, shiny, happy person you see on TV. That he's a a locker room menace, a locker room cancer, right? Um, and so somebody else uh, I saw. Had, had some analysis that every time Punk wins a world title, he turns heel shortly thereafter. I saw that too. I was going to make point of that, but yeah, I yeah. Saw that. So, so is that the way this goes? And if they do, I mean, 
Hangman's comments seem to be setting up, and this would have some pitfalls historically, kind of an AEW Originals versus WWE, XWWE interlopers. And so that's a risky thing to do because that doesn't always work. And it'd be be sort of an invasion angle. Uh, But I'm not sure I want them to see them go in that direction. You know, I want CM Punk versus Kenny Omega at all out, right? I want uh, I want them to start ticking off the dream matches that Tony Khan is sort of in stingily uh, denying us because he's saving them all for for pay per views and uh, and big TV shows. So I, that's what I'm hoping for with Punk. Um, I, given that Tony Khan refused to talk at that post uh, show press conference about MJF in any way. Uh, maybe that'll change. I'm curious to see if they, um, mention MJF on the show at all outside of a video package showing him doing a stretcher job. That'll tell you if they really hype up the stretcher job, uh, and the lack of offense, how that meeting went between, uh, Tony Khan and MJF. What's next for Wardlow? So he's super hot coming off this MJF feud, but is it going to remain that way for somebody who isn't MJF? Who do you, who do you feud him with? MJF is such a strong heel. He carried, Wardlow in that feud because Wardlow's still still pretty green uh, on the mic. Um, I'm very interested in the build for Forbidden Door. I think Tony Khan said at one of his interviews or media availabilities that some of the in- New Japan guys might have to appear on TV ahead of time so the fans know about them. That'll be you know they can do that this Wednesday. Um, they could they can't really you know on the 12th I think um, is when Dominion is for New Japan so they got to be there. But uh, this next month, how do they build up Forbidden Door that Lance and I are uh, going to be uh, attending? Uh, BT TV. Man, I'm just looking forward. I'm with you. What are they going to do with Punk? That's the main thing. Who are they going to put him against? And and I remember uh, sending in to you guys, the DM to you guys, when I realized when, when Samoa Joe uh, debuted, I said, oh, my God, I can have Punk and Joe again. Uh, just things like that that make me excited about him being champ. You can get some dream matches. And for the MJF thing, I can give two shits. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't, don't want to hear about him and his – it's just the way – this. I, I mentioned this earlier, and I've said this to Lance before. I'm a huge NFL fan. I really am. But when they start talking money and I'm not one of I don't want to play and all that bullshit, I actually turn it off. I just I cannot listen to contracts and, and I want to watch the game and that's the way I am with wrestling. If it was a work, it was a damn good work because everybody's been talking about it. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's finish it up with the must see off this show. If you got to recommend something, Lance, off this show, what would you recommend? All right, Martha, I am Martha. No, not I mean, Martha, Martha Hart, Hart. Not Martha Hart's hat. No, I'm not recommending that. So, what I will recommend is the match that we barely talked about. I think BT barely mentioned it. Out of all three of us, it's the uh, the tag team title match, the three way tag team title match: Jurassic Express, Team Taz, and Keith Lee and Swerve. Yeah. I'm recommending that if something to go out of your way to see. I had it at four and a quarter. Uh, I think that that match was phenomenal and. I think they missed the timing on crowning Swerve and Lee because I've been on record numerous times. I think those guys both, just the ultimate, the total package. Keith Lee should be a heavyweight champion of the world somewhere. The guy has the charisma. He's got the in-ring. He's got everything. He can talk. Excellent talker. Uh, And Swerve is right there with him too. So I think that makeshift team of the two of them thrown together 
I feel like Jurassic Park is or Jurassic Park, Jurassic Express has gotten cooled down immensely in the last couple months. In fact, ever since they won the titles, they're pretty much been ice cold. The Christian turn, they've been teasing that forever. That hasn't happened yet. So I think they did miss the timing on this because they could have easily put them over, put Lee and Swerve over on this. Team Taz could have done the job. They wouldn't have even had to pin Jungle Boy for the eight millionth time. So I that was one of my favorite matches. I my favorite match was technically was the main event, but since we didn't give it any love, I'm giving the the tag title three way my must see. Go out of your way to see. It's just that you had an hour and a half or so before it that you had to drag your ass through to get to that great match. So Eric, what do they need to go out of their way to see, my friend? So to me, it's the last three matches on the show. Uh, the 10 man arena brawl, the tag title and the main event. Um, so, you know, for me, obviously world's biggest hangman fan. He had a very good title run, despite what some of the critics say, uh, and it, okay. it won't be his last. He won the belt in this epic fashion at full gear. He had two great matches against, uh, Brian Danielson, including a 60 minute draw that I loved and a wild TV brawl with Lance Archer. The Adam Cole feud was flat, admittedly, but it was poorly booked because Cole was coming off a loss to Orange Cassidy, and then Cole lost clean in the first match, so there was really no need to run it back at a rematch. The Punk feud was oddly booked. Punk had an acting gig. Hangman got COVID, and it, it got somewhat interesting in the end uh, where Hangman's saying he's trying to save AEW from Punk. For, for my money, the uh, Omega hangman title change at full gear that i was there live for was felt a little more epic to me because there was that was the culmination of like two years of a story but uh for your average fan i'm gonna guess cm punk winning the belt seven years after disappearing from wwe is probably gonna feel more epic to them so uh see that main event um it may make you cry right bt yeah maybe i really liked the main event i really liked uh death triangle versus uh House of Black a little bit more than you guys did. But I would say for hardcore guys, go go out of your way. Crazy, crazy, crazy match. I think uh, they said something about the concession stand brawl during the middle of it when we saw the mustard. Uh, might be my favorite. You know, this is kind of like the stadium brawl. This one may be my actual favorite because uh, I, I guess because they were there live and all over the place. I will also say something Lance said. At, at times, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but I kind of liked that part of it because it felt so crazy. And the whole thing with the gasoline, I think that's one of those things that we'll remember over and over, and they'll show it over and over and over. So and I'm losing my voice. You, so, mentioned, <laughs> you, you mentioned before we sign off, you mentioned your average score. So I had it at 3.06 for the night, which is definitely oh, wow. lower than you. Wow. Um, and for comparison's sake, I had to go back because I'm like, is this the lowest I've ever given an AEW card? Because I think what it is, and I told this to my WWE insider, as it were, um, I said, you know, here's the thing. AEW has raised the bar of expectation for us so much that – like I've said it before, every card seems better than the last one. So the fact that this first, you know, whatever, 60, 90 minutes was so weak to me and to Eric, too, it sounds like it really stood out. And it made me think, man, this could have been the worst big AEW card we've seen. So I went back and actually I had a 2.98 average score for All Out 2020, which let me remind you, the key matches from All Out 2020 were the tooth and nail match with Big Swole, which was terrible in the dentist's office. There were multiple Dark Order matches, which you can only take those guys in small doses. And QT Marshall, 
and the Mimosa match. Those were some of the highlights of All Out 2020. So All Out 2020, only a 2.98 average. So this one actually did beat it out. Not the worst card of eight. I, uh, the thing about, I guess I just gave the matches. I enjoyed them. It also might have to do with uh, me setting in two settings to watch this instead of one. Yeah. That could have been. I didn't feel like it, it It was dragging like you two guys did. But it may maybe because I watched it, then – uh, then went and did some stuff, came back. I had to actually watch part of it one night, and one of it got up the next morning and watched the end. Uh, and that might be part of it, you know, but it still felt long. That's what she said. Hey, Too guys, same Too bad time, same bad channel on the best little wrestling podcast in the midnight. Be there. And as everyone knows, I love my mama. And as everyone knows, I have fun everywhere I go. And we'll see. Does Eric have a catchphrase tonight? Um, I'm the coiner of the Cody-verse. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Saturday, June 4th, Memphis Wrestling is live at the Memphis Zoo. Join us for Zoo Rendezvous featuring live matches from Memphis Wrestling. Get your tickets and more information at memphiszoo.org. June 12th, we will crown a brand new women's champion in our gauntlet for gold, too. Rebel Kell returns to Memphis. June 18th, Memphis Wrestling returns to Black Rock, Arkansas, benefiting the Black Rock Entertainment Committee, featuring The Gun Show, one-on-one -on -one with K-Tumor, and just announced... Knicks versus TDT in women's division action. All tickets are on sale now. Get yours right now at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com. American Hostile Championship Wrestling returns to Papa Bluff, Missouri, June 19th at the Knights of Columbus Hall at 2280 Grand Avenue. Front row tickets are $15 and all other tickets $12. For ticket information, call 573-772-9099. That's 573-772-9099. Featuring Justin Case, Big Jack Parker, The Moonshiners, Denzel Rollins, The Young Goes, Chris Slammer, Addison Kane, the L.A. Hustlers and Papa Bluff's own R.W. Hardy returns to American Hostile Championship Wrestling. Plus, added to the card is a 170 MMA title fight as bad boy Mark Southern Jr. goes against the warrior Richard Moe. That's right, Papa Bluff, Missouri, June the 18th, 7.30 p.m. Subject to change. Follow American Hostile Championship Wrestling on Facebook by searching American Hostile Championship Wrestling. episode is also brought to you by spunkloop.com remember when you're getting funky like a monkey if you know what i mean use spunky that's right go to www.spunkloop.com and tell them 
STS Pod sent you. You want the best, you got the best. The best little wrestling podcast in the business. All episodes on www.stspod.club. Did you enjoy that episode? Cash app us at dollar sign BTSTS. If you've never downloaded the Cash App app, Download it today. You'll get a free, that's right, a free $5 for using the code dollar sign BTSTS. That's dollar sign BTSTS. Hey, that was another great episode of Shooting the Shiznit. Thank you for listening and thank you to all our sponsors. A big shout-out to Bob McGee at Pro Wrestling's Between the Sheets. Remember, you can reach us on Twitter at ComicBookMarkBT, Instagram at BT Shooting the Shizit. That's right, Shooting the Shizit without a G. Facebook Shooting the Shiznit and Facebook Cool Kids Wrestling and MMA Talk. If we don't like you in that group, first you have to ask to get in. If we don't like you, we'll kick you out. All the episodes are at one place, and that's www.stspod.club. Podcast Roll Call. Who's Right Podcast. Homeboys Podcast. D3 Radio, my buddies Richard Josh. My World with Conrad Thompson and my friend Jeff Darren. Lance's favorite include Nickology, Rock Solid, Playlist Wars, I'm Fat Podcast. Hey guys, remember, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars.